A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the second of our podcasts that cover places of worship in London, Derek visits five more historic churches, including a feature on Hampstead Churches and St Luke's in Chelsea, where Charles Dickens got married. The act is church in Covent Garden, designed by Inigo Jones in 1631. My first stop today is the picturesque and historical St Pancras Old Church. Welcome, my name is Lester Hillman and I'm a tour guide uh, for Camden and historian and writer. Lester, I've been a London taxi driver for over 25 years. I've passed this church countless times. It's the first time I've been inside. It's a church that we think has 2,000 years of history here. The wall behind us, stitched into the fabric, is Roman tile, Roman brick, there are monuments to individuals who had key roles in English history. Queen Elizabeth I Cook, for oh, 29 right. years, Daniel Clark and his wife Catherine served in the royal pantries and is buried here. Evidence of who the vicars have been here. A wonderful man called Charles Lee, uh, before the invention of the internet, did incredible amount of study and he pieced together over 50 vicars, witnesses at key moments in English history, from Fulcherius in the 1100s, right through to the present time. Roger was a priest here at the time of Magna Carta. We know that um, John Clifton probably witnessed the Holy Roman Emperor going by for those peace negotiations after Agincourt. Lester, I'm looking at the altar. It looks fairly plain. The altar is, as you say, a, a simple altar, but set into it is a nave altar that some people think may date from the 7th or 8th century. It's Kentish ragstone, and we know that around the 1290s there was an inquisition here or an audit, and uh, there was reference to this nave altar. Um, it then disappears, but in the mid-19th century, digging to replace the tower, upturned the altar with the church silver. We think it was buried there at the time of the English Civil War and uh, is now uh, incorporated back into the fabric of the church. Over 2,000 years, the church has been remodeled a number of times and reused materials. In the 19th century, it was brought back into use as a parish church and it indeed had galleries here for hundreds of people. 
There are no pews here today, and other detailing has changed since after the Second World War. And we have these chairs, uh, which are quite low. People today are somewhat taller than they were in the 19th yeah, yeah. century, so perhaps it's time for us to think about a new seating. What was the area like prior to the railway around the church? It would have been pleasure gardens in terms of places of refreshment, spas, uh, farmland and open space. And of course, let's not forget the River Fleet, which had a major influence on this area and now is almost hidden. The gardens here have a wealth of individuals and personalities and drama. The author of Frankenstein, Mary Shelley, for a time she lived just over by the hedgerow there. She was brought up in this area. Her parents were married in St Pancras Old Church. And I think she got some of her ideas about science from living here and the changes in um, new gas works, new technology, the Regent's Canal mm, coming here. Yes. In terms of numbers of people that come into the gardens, the principal reason they come is Thomas Hardy. We have a spectacular ash tree surrounded by gravestones, gravestones that became available when the gardens gave up space for the building of the railway oh, in yeah. 1867. They probably didn't think that it would become this iconic fusing of stone and tree when they first put them there. And Thomas Hardy oversaw the seemly treatment of the burials and reinterments and the works going on. It had an enormous effect on him. He gave up uh, his work in London. He went back to Dorset and became the writer and poet that we know of. So are there any other special groups of people who are synonymous with this cemetery? Specialist interest groups come round here all the time. John Mills, the last survivor from the Black Hole of Calcutta, is buried here. And of course, Charles Dickens' school teacher, a man called William Jones. Lester, I'm sort of very aware of the area and the changes that are occurring here. Um, do you want to talk me how you see them? When we look at the skyline beyond the churchyard, it is changing before our very eyes. There are huge new residential communities moving into the King's Cross lands. We have several universities, the University of the Arts, and that, I think, is an interesting new chapter for St Pancras. So the future for the area is looking very bright it's, and its historical past will remain intact. What a magnificent church which I'm sure has a fascinating history. I'm meeting rector Brian Lethard to find out more. We're standing in St Luke's Church in Sydney Street, just off the famous King's Road, and it's the parish church of Chelsea, and we're surrounded by beautiful gardens and children's playground. We know that we have between five and 700 people a week who come into church, not to services, but just to come in. St Luke's is a major part in the life of Chelsea, and in fact, our, our strapline, our slogan is St Luke's and Christ Churches putting heart and soul into, into Chelsea. St Luke's was built as the new parish church of Chelsea between 1820 and 1824 to replace the old parish church that had been there from doomsday, 1086, uh, because it was believed to be no longer uh, big enough to house the growing population. 
So when this church was built, uh, the architect was a man called James Savage, uh, and he favoured the reintroduction of the Gothic style, so it was called Neo-Gothic. It's the tallest uh, nave roof of any parish church in, uh, in London, and uh, with a very heavy um, debt to King's College, Cambridge, with all these flying buttresses holding the church up outside. Um, so there's a real sense in which he was trying to reintroduce a much earlier medieval style, but with the technical abilities of the 19th century. It was the pattern in the 19th century that on the whole, uh, the great and the good would hire, they'd rent pews, and the nearer the front you were in church, the higher the rent. And the domestic servants uh, would be upstairs in the galleries. And it's only a few years ago that actually the signs were painted out in this church that said domestic servants female in one direction and domestic servants male in the other direction. So while the masters and mistresses were worshipping Almighty God down here, there was quite a lot of um, winking going on between male and female domestic servants in the galleries upstairs. This church has uh, played host to all sorts of events in its history. The civic service for the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea's uh, marking of the Queen's 90th birthday, we had it here, uh, and the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester were here to mark that. Some of the, be the early scenes of um, Empire of the Sun here, and also 100 Wild Dalmatians was filmed here. Uh, and for those of you who know this sort of thing and, and are addicted to it, uh, quite a few of the episodes of Made in Chelsea uh, have been filmed uh, either knowingly or unknowingly here. But even right back in its earliest days, in 1836, uh, a soon to be very famous author called Charles Dickens got married to Catherine Hogarth here. And we have a copy of their marriage certificate downstairs. Um, which is part of an ongoing exhibition that we have about Dickens's life and work. He was married here just two days after the first uh, uh, episode of Pickwick Papers was published. So I think um, he married with a sign of things uh, looking good in the future, although the personal life, as we've seen in other films, uh, of Dickens was somewhat complex. Um, he married, in fact, a minor. She was underage when he married her. So interestingly, the marriage certificate states that she married with the express consent of her father uh, because she was not old enough to uh, give consent herself. If you look at the front uh, of the church, the east end of the church, the altar still in the same place, the uh, commandments and the Lord's Prayer and the Creed are still in the same place. We're lucky enough to host the chapel of the uh, Punjab Frontier Force. Um, which is in our side chapel and which we use every day. Uh, and it's, it's a great delight to use it, but also a, a painful reminder at the same time, because if you look carefully at what's there. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It reminds us of the places we still hear about in the news. A daily reminder to us of the relevance of not only past imperial wars, but today's conflict in, in our world. We're lucky to have a really fantastic organ here in St. Luke's. It was expanded and expanded in the 19th century and then in 1932 completely reworked by a famous English organ builder called Compton. He was commissioned uh, to make this the prototype for the huge organ in BBC Broadcasting House that was completed the year after this but built on the model of St Luke's. So it's a very, very much, uh, uh, you've heard it here first, BBC came second. Hidden amongst Hampstead's beautiful architecture are also some fascinating churches. I'm with City of London guide Marilyn Green to find out more. One of the things that fascinates me is the churches here, and I have three churches in particular. What can you tell me about this one, St John's in Church Row? Well, this is very interesting because this is on the site of the oldest church in Hampstead. There's been a church recorded here since the 1300s, but some people think there may have been a church here before that because Hampstead is actually recorded in the Doomsday Book. As I say, it's not the original church now. That church fell to rack and ruin, and by the mid-18th century, the congregation were refusing to come here because it was so dangerous, you know, it's flying not on top bad. of them. So the trustees of the church um, actually petitioned to Parliament to see if they would give them £2,500 for the repairs. 
and they actually refused it. And so the Lord of the Manor of Hampstead donated a thousand pounds, and then right. the rest was donated by public subscription from the parishioners. And famous people associated with the church. Well, my favourite is John Constable. He's got a huge family tomb here. His wife sadly died in Hampstead in 1828 of TB, and he decided at that point he wanted to be buried alongside her and in fact six out of their seven children were buried here but also there's tombs to John Harrison who discovered longitude some of the de Morio family some of the Gilbert Scott family uh, there's a whole host of really famous people buried which is what here. you would expect in Hampstead exactly yeah. well I think it's time to move on now to one of my other churches so Marilyn St Mary's. It was founded just over 200 years ago in um, 1816, and it was founded by the Abbe Morel, who was actually um, a refugee from France, from northern France. He was a man from the clergy. About 5,000 clergymen came as refugees to England after the French Revolution, and he moved to Hampstead, and he just thought it was fantastic, and he lived here right to his end of his life in 1852. He's buried in the porch of the church, apparently buried in vestments he himself made and that he used to wear for special sacramental occasions. In 1829 uh, was the Catholic Emancipation Act. Right, yeah. And, and until then, Catholics weren't allowed to openly practice. So St Mary's Church, um, if you can see the road it's in, is just small cottages. Yeah, yeah. So it only actually looked like a small cottage until the 1850s. There was an, another ruling saying that Catholics were allowed to ring church bells. Oh, right. So they changed the frontage of the church in 1850 so that it's got this lovely bell tower and the statue of the Virgin um, on it as well. It's had a number of uh, important people associated with it as well. So again, the Gilbert Scott family right. uh, were involved in some of the uh, decorations and interiors for it, and they worshipped there. Uh, Judy Dench was married there oh, with right. Michael Williams, and they helped with raising funds for right. the church. Also, Graham Greene was married there earlier was he, on the writer? as well. That's right. We're now in Downshire Hill, which is one of my favourite cut-throughs in Hampstead. I use it a lot in the taxi, and I pass this church. Is it a significant church in Hampstead, St John's on Downshire Hill? Uh, yes, it's a very significant church. It's actually Grade 1 listed. The land was bought when they were developing this area in 1813, and it was bought by three people, a builder, a solicitor and a vicar. Oh, very enterprising. Uh, very enterprising. I thought, we'll build this church for the people who live in this road. It's one of the only churches which has still got the original pews from the 18th century. The clock on the front is from 1823. It's original to the church, built by a clockmaker in Clerkenwell. The church actually continued in use until about 1916, when it was bought by one family that rented it at a peppercorn rent to, as long as there was a congregation. They said, don't sell it just uh, keep it going and he, he died in 1938 and it just continued in that way until the 2000s and then it wasn't until 2003 that the congregation actually bought the church themselves so the church as I say is completely independently run wow so Hampstead certainly has got some history attached Indeed, to its yes. churches The area is famous for its street performers and theatres, so it's only natural that the church at the centre, St Paul's, is also known as the Actors' Church. I've actually been a priest for 25 years. My name's Simon Gregg, and uh, for the last 10 years, I've had the great privilege of being 
rector here at St Paul's and I've long-standing interest in the theatre. In fact, I was, a, I was a child actor, and so it was, um, it was something that I really, really wanted to do, and I was lucky enough to, um, to come and be here. So it's, it's wonderful. It's kind of dream come true for me, really. The church was actually um, built in 1631. The fourth Duke of Bedford, who laid out what is now the piazza in Covent Garden, realised he would need a church. So he commissioned Inigo Jones, who was an architect but also a stage designer, um, to build a church. But he didn't particularly want to spend a lot of money. So he said, in fact, I wouldn't have it much better than a barn. And so Inigo Jones says, then you will have the handsomest barn in England. So here it is, the handsomest barn in England. The designation of it as the Actors' Church really goes back to um, the restoration of the monarchy in 1660. And Charles II licensed two uh, theatres. They were known as the patent theatres. Those patent theatres moved the focus of theatre, which had been, of course, down on the South Bank in the Elizabethan, Jacobethan period, but that moved to the West End because those patent theatres were here in the West End in this parish. So the link goes back right the way to there, right through to today. And as you can see, so many of the greats of the profession have their memorial plaques here in St Paul's. We have our own uh, in-house professional theatre company called Iris Theatre, and they do a number of productions through the year. The productions are interesting because they are promenade productions, so the audience move through the garden and move into the church, usually for the finale of the play. We also, of course, have our own in-house orchestra, the Orchestra of St Paul's, um, but a number of um, orchestras and choirs um, come and sing and play. We just did the statistics for last year. We did 425 events last year, so we're really busy. One of our recent projects, we just did the 60th anniversary gala concert of My Fair Lady, because the opening scene of My Fair Lady, of course, takes place on the portico outside the church. And that's to raise money for um, our latest project, which is to improve disabled access to the church for the whole community. That's kind of the next, the next goal. My name is Stephen Wickner, and I'm the parish administrator of St George's Hanover Square in Mayfair. The church here was built between 1721 and 1724. It's in the classical style. The church was built um, in response to uh, expansion of London westwards, and uh, the big houses that were built in the area um, in the early 18th century reflected the needs of the people coming up for the London season. They needed the assistance of servants, they needed lawyers, they needed uh, doctors, they needed the whole business of life. St George's has always been a wedding church, and they still have a number of uh, fairly high-profile weddings each year. Uh, President Teddy Roosevelt, the poet Shelley, uh, the author George Eliot, Marconi was married here, um, Amy Johnson was married here. There are a number of interesting features in the church. When looking for a new organ, as we did a few years ago, we ended up with an excellent company in Chattanooga, Tennessee, who built us the very fine organ that we now have. 
as you come in the door is the window in the East End, um, which is not typical of the classical style of the 18th century. Uh, this is highly coloured and in fact is 16th century Flemish glass, uh, which as far as we know um, was looted by Napoleon at the beginning of the 19th century, ended up in a warehouse in storage and was taken out in about 1840. I believe the cost was a was a thousand pounds and part of it was put in here. It didn't all go in because the, the windows here were the wrong shape and there are parts of the glass that you'll find in a parish church in Wiltshire.